This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. The broadcast with Brad Friedman is coming up next. Stay with us. You're going to love this. Just love it. in the middle with you once again right here as we are every Wednesday on KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara 93.7 FM in San Diego 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake and of course uh, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org and now I should add on your smart devices at Stitcher Radio. On the so grab that Stitcher Radio app and you can listen to the broadcast anytime. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all around swell fellow here uh, for another hour of the broadcast live in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm going to want to hear from you today. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to get in on what I have to talk about. The fact that they haven't yet been labeled a terrorist-associated group is due only to the fact that if they were, they would rain down hellfire... And one of the mightiest propaganda and lying campaigns you've ever seen against those associated with having made that decision. That, of course, is how any terrorist group worth its assault plies its trade. Scare the hell out of those who might oppose them. Let them know there will be serious consequences to those who even try, to those who even discuss it. So that anyone even thinking of it becomes crippled with fear to the point they won't do a thing to even appear to threaten the terrorists' agenda in any way. In this case, of course, it's mostly just political terrorism, but in the real world, given the carnage they continue to enable year after year and tier after tier, it's difficult to say whether the NRA should best be described as terrorist enablers or just plain terrorists for all of the indescribable violence they have helped perpetuate and arguably even help to fund. Without the help of the NRA and those who fund them, James Holmes, the alleged gunman of Colorado's latest massacre, might not have been able to shoot nearly 70 Americans in a matter of minutes, killing 12 of them in a sold-out movie theater just after midnight last Friday night. 
Neither would it have been so simple for Jared Loeffner to shoot 19 Americans and kill six of them, including nearly murdering Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords in Tucson, Arizona, just over a year ago, leading to her eventual resignation from Congress. Thanks to years of terror enabling by the National Rifle Association, both the Arizona and Colorado sociopaths were able to maximize their rage through a maximum of carnage against their fellow citizens. And both incidents are just a drop of blood in the NRA's great American bucket. Despite Arizona and Colorado and the tens of thousands of deaths by firearm in this country each year, despite even coming within a hair's breadth of losing one of their own last year in the bargain, Democrats and Republicans in the U.S. Congress are unable and unwilling to lift a finger to do a damned thing about any of it. Neither is the President of the United States. They are all, in short, cowards shriveling in abject fear of the almighty menace to sanity and common sense and domestic tranquility that is today's NRA. Remember, the NRA is the same organization which has been fighting for years to ensure that those, of, that those on the government's terrorist watch list, who may not even board a commercial airplane without triggering extra security scrutiny, may go out and buy any number of deadly weapons that they like without even being flagged. Because, you know, freedom. And if they make their purchases at a gun show, they may do so without even the need to pass a minimal criminal background check. Thanks in no small part to the NRA, the apparent Colorado shooter was able to legally buy some six thousand rounds of ammo and a 100-round drum clip for use with his semi-automatic AR-15, which he also purchased legally, enabling him to fire on some 50 to 60 Americans per minute, according to the Aurora police chief left to clean up the mess. Holmes was even able to pick up 150 pounds, 150 pounds of ammunition from FedEx without ever having to answer a question. But want to buy nicotine patches? Want to buy Sudafed? Be prepared to have your driver's license scanned at the point of purchase. Holmes's Friday night freedom, of course, was nothing short of a great victory. A great victory for the NRA, which has worked for years to make sure the modest, almost entirely useless restrictions on some automatic weapons in high-capacity magazines, as contained in the Brady Law, named for Ronald Reagan's press secretary, who was nearly killed by a would-be assassin soon after Reagan took office in 1981, would not be renewed after those modest 10-year restrictions had sunsetted in 2004. So let's be sure to thank the NRA for all they've done for this nation through their long campaign of terror and money and lying, which are all waged against any elected official or candidate for political office who even dares to display the temerity to even discuss the well-regulated part of our Second Amendment. You remember that part, right? 
quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Did you forget that well-regulated part? You're not alone. You can thank the NRA for that, too. They've been working very hard for years for to help you do exactly that. Of course, one needn't discuss well-regulating the right to bear arms to become the victim of the NRA's big lies. Just ask President Obama, who expanded gun rights shortly after taking office by signing a bill to allow firearms in our national parks and on our trains. His thanks? Another big, another NRA big lie campaign to fool more of their gullible, frightened funders into believing that Obama has a secret plan to undermine the Second Amendment by tricking two-thirds of the U.S. Senate into ratifying a U.N. treaty that would somehow, in defiance of the U.S. Supreme Court, by the way, take precedence over the U.S. Constitution and then naturally allow your guns to be taken away from you! And uh, just in case you didn't know about that particular latest big lie being circulated by the NRA, because, you know, all of the suckers and chumps and dupes and stooges and patsies who watch Fox News and receive the NRA's fun letters, fun letters they certainly know about it. You can be sure to read up on how they're terrifying Americans into believing the completely phony scam about the Obama administration agreeing to a U.N. international arms treaty which is secretly a backdoor way to allow them to take away your guns. Despite the most recent tragic slaughter, by the way, that was the second mass shooting of last week, in case you hadn't heard about what happened in Alabama days earlier, as most haven't, because, you know, freedom and all. It's unlikely that a damn thing will be done to make such senseless killings even the tiniest bit more difficult to pull off in the future because the NRA prefers the rights of the terrorists over the people. And the Congress is made up of cowards afraid to stand up to the terrorist enablers. As noted by my friend Jenk Uger over the weekend, nearly 100,000 people get shot every year. That's 270 people a day, he wrote, and 87 dead because of gun violence every day. 87 dead because of gun violence every day. That's seven Colorado shootings per day. Imagine how many countries we'd have to go to war against if even one day's worth of gun deaths in this nation were caused by a foreigner with dark skin. And yet, despite all of that, and despite the fact that even the majority of gun owners and NRA members believe that there should be common sense regulation on the sale of guns, there can and will be no such thing. There can be no limits placed on the number of rounds in any high-capacity magazine used with any weapon. Thanks, NRA! There can be no tracking of someone who buys 6,000 bullets on the Internet, no questions asked. Thanks, NRA. And worse, there may not even be any legitimate debate in the U.S. Congress about any of it, because best of luck to the soon-to-be former elected official who tries it. Because freedom and liberty. And thanks, NRA. 
Thanks to the patriotic works of the NRA, there are now, apparently, millions of gullible Americans who believe that Obama will be signing a U.N. treaty to take away your guns. Because the NRA would very much like them to believe that. Thanks, and remember to send them some money so they can keep protecting your rights against imaginary threats. How imaginary? Well, according to Politico, on the president's way out to comfort the victims of the Aurora, Colorado massacre on Sunday, quote, White House Press Secretary Jay Carney told reporters aboard Air Force One that the Obama administration has no plans to push new gun control measures in the wake of the deadly shooting rampage at a Colorado movie theater. <laughs> of course he doesn't. Very courageous, Mr. President. The terrorists of the NRA win again. This is a public service announcement. Whiskey Tom! Brad Friedman, this is KPFK's The Bradcast. Yeah, I'm in that kind of a mood today. Love to hear from you, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Of course, this is normally where uh, I toss to an interview with, uh, you know, a representative from the NRA. Because I believe on these, our public airwaves, uh, you know, we should hear all points of view. We have spent the last several days trying to get uh, someone from the NRA, some rump, someone from any of their uh, affiliated groups, any one of their A and A-plus rated Congress members, to come on and talk, to come on and respond. Because, you know, it's a pretty serious allegation there. I'm calling the NRA terrorist enablers. I think uh, they have the, uh, the right to respond to that. For some reason, however, they don't want to. And that's no surprise either. As E.J. Dion at the Washington Post wrote, For all the dysfunction in our political system, a healthy pattern usually takes hold when a terrible tragedy seizes the nation's attention. Normally, we engage in a searching conversation over what rational steps can be taken by individuals, communities, and various levels of government to make the recurrence of a comparable tragedy less likely. Sometimes we act, sometimes we don't, but at least we explore sensible solutions unless the tragedy involves guns. He goes on to write about uh, how the uh, NRA, how the gun lobby responds in cases like this. They have four different uh, things they do. The first of which is the gun lobby goes straight to the exploitation argument, which is, of course, a big lie, writes E.J. Dion. You can see this because we never allow an assertion of this kind to stop conversation on other issues. He says, nobody who points to the inadequacy of our flood control policies or mistakes or mistakes by the Army Corps of Engineers is accused of exploiting the victims of a deluge. 
Nobody who criticizes a botched response by the Federal Emergency Management Agency to a natural disaster is accused of exploiting the victims of a hurricane or a tornado. Nobody who lays part of the blame for an accident on insufficient regulation of, say, the airlines or coal mining is accused of exploiting the accident's victims. No, it's only where a gun massacre is concerned that an absolute and total gag rule is imposed on any thinking beyond the immediate circumstances of the catastrophe. God forbid that we question even a single tenet of the theology of firearms. That's E.J. Dion in Washington Post, and I concur. And, of course, to uh, back up his case there was the response that we received from the uh, National Rifle Association when we tried to invite them. Uh, Spokesman uh, Stephanie Samford wrote back to us that NRA is still not doing interviews. We believe that now is the time for families to grieve and for the community to heal. There will be an appropriate time down the road to engage in political and political discussions. That from Stephanie Samford, spokesman from the NRA, declining to appear on this broadcast. But we still thought that, uh, you know, these people, uh, somebody out there uh, who represents the gun lobby should in some fashion be able to respond. After all, I am calling the NRA terrorist enablers, and I stand by that label. We contacted uh, the Colorado State Shooting Association, their associates of the NRA. Tony Fabian uh, wrote us back to say, well, he's the president of the CSSA. He says, while we appreciate your efforts to present the perspective of gun rights organizations such as CSSA on your program, we are unable to accommodate your request. Really, Tony? You're unable to accommodate our requests? You're a lobbying organization for guns, the Colorado State Shooting Association. And in your own home state, we've had one of the uh, uh, greatest mass uh, shootings in the history of this nation, yet you're unable to accommodate our request? I see, Tony. How about the uh, Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association? They're a state-level gun rights group out of Arizona affiliated with the NRA. Nope, they said no as well. The president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, at least had the courtesy to write back. Noble Hathaway is his or her name. Noble Hathaway writes, I'm sorry, but all we are doing is concentrating our total support and prayers for those families. I know many are jumping on the bandwagon to ban this or do away with the Constitution's guarantees and such, but they are always ready to strike out at folks like us in the gun culture. Please forgive me for foregoing the interview. When emotions are more level, I would possibly do an interview. Thanks so much for your understanding. I'm sorry, Noble Hathaway, I don't understand. And no, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon to ban this or do away with the Constitution's guarantees, but thanks for the phony argument. Thank you for the straw man instead of showing up to discuss the issue. Like grown-ups. Like grown-ups would do who didn't have to hide behind their guns, I guess. I don't know. But really, I'm not that scary. Ask Jack Abramoff. He was here last week. He took the heat for a half an hour. He wrote me an email and said, hey, thanks for the interview. I'd like to do it again. But no, the NRA and their affiliates will not come on. They will not discuss this. They will not respond. They will not talk about what it is that they spend so many millions and millions of dollars 
to scare the hell out of politicians into doing each and every year. We were also, uh, let's see, we received no response from the California Rifle and Pistol Association. These are all NRA official uh, state organizations. We received uh, no response from the Arkansas Rifle and Pistol Association, no response from the Florida Sports Shooting Association, Inc., no response from Texas State Rifle Association. They're very courageous, all of them. We tried uh, to get in touch with politicians who had an A-plus or an A-grade from the NRA. We thought they'd be uh, willing to come on and explain why it's just swell that you can go on the Internet and buy 6,000 rounds of ammunition uh, without anybody even noticing that you can buy a 100-round uh, magazine to put onto your AR-47 semi-automatic rifle so that you can shoot 60 Americans in 60 seconds or so, as they have been uh, working to make sure that you Americans can do. We contacted uh, Paul Brown, Republican from Georgia. He declined. We contacted uh, former Arizona State Senator Russell Pierce, author of the SB 1070's Paper Please Immigration Bill, a huge gun nut out there in Arizona. He declined. Others who didn't even have the courtesy to respond, let's see, Doc Hastings of Washington, Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington, Vicki Hartzler of Michigan, Sam Graves of Michigan, Congressman Louis Gohmert, a Republican of Texas, who said that, of course, the answer uh, to what happened in Colorado last Friday night would have been a concealed carry permit law in Colorado, before he was corrected that, of course, Colorado already has a concealed carry permit but that's Louis Gohmert. All of those are Republicans, by the way, and they all declined or didn't respond to our invitation to come on this show. They all, are, of course, are cowards. And they're also, along with the NRA, terrorist enablers. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I'd be delighted, of course, to hear from those of you who disagree with me since the NRA was too cowardly to show up and do it themselves. Eight one. I promise I'll be nice. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's, uh, let's talk to George in Huntington Beach. Hey, George, welcome to KPFK's broadcast. Hello, Brad. You know, I'm always delighted to hear your show. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. But a lot of, but a lot of times, I mean, you're talking about the fascist government and, and how you know the vote, uh, vote rigging and all this, and the, uh, and the police are taking over. Uh, it's almost a police state. You know, if we take our guns away, isn't the police still going to have machine guns in their trunks? Who wants to take your guns away, George? Okay, do you want to take our guns away? Do I want to take your guns away? Or what is? Uh, are you? What? Yeah. See, and, and this is this is sort of a. I apologize, I apologize for okay. putting words in your mouth. Then I yeah. apologize for putting words in your mouth. Can you clarify this? I, I would be happy to. And and George, and and thank you. And I know you listen to the show a lot because you just named you know a bunch of things I've I've, I've talked about over my uh, many months and now years uh-huh. here. So I know you listen, and and I know you're not just a, you know an NRA stooge. But what you've done is what the NRA the NRA would like to thank you for what you just did. You have just assumed that. 
I want to take your guns away. And that is the argument that, that you know, you will hear. After they tell us we can't talk about this tragedy because we'd be exploiting the victims, now they'll tell us how if we uh, take away uh, the guns of the good guys, only the bad guys will have the guns. But I'm not talking about taking away guns. I'm talking about having a debate about the entire issue. I'm talking, you know, I named a couple of things there in my, uh, my, my rant, my primal scream at the top of this show. I named a couple of things. The fact that uh, this jerk in Colorado was able to go out and buy 6,000 rounds of ammunition on the Internet. Do you think that's a good idea, George, that nobody tracked his name, that if I go out and buy a, a, a Sudafed, if I buy cold medicine, they'll, they'll scan my driver's license, but otherwise I can go out and buy 6,000 rounds of ammunition and nobody gives a damn? Do you think that's okay? Uh, I'm sorry, but I mean, you can buy some fertilizer and, and do a lot more damage. Okay. You could do more damage. You could do more. Okay. Then 6,000 rounds of ammunition, a hundred mag, a hundred round magazine that allows you to shoot 60 Americans in 60 seconds. You're in favor of that. You think that's a great idea. You don't think, you don't think the smoke bomb that they had, if he, if he did, instead of a smoke bomb, if he had a Mm -hmm. fertilizer, a fertilizer bomb, it could could hurt a lot more people, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. You're right. So why don't we make anthrax available? Why don't we make uh, surface-to-air well, missile launchers that, available. Why not? No, I'm asking you, why don't we, George? Because because it's not the, it's not the ingredients that do the job I mean, that, uh, that cause the harm. It's the people that cause the harm. George, okay, right? George, why why do we make uh, surface-to-air missiles illegal to buy? Why, why do we do that? Because it would be a, that would cause a lot of damage. Okay, yeah, just like there a we bomb go. Would. Just like a, a bomb would. Just like, uh, and, and by the way, we now track, I believe, uh, uh, when people buy a large amounts of fertilizer, but we don't do it when we uh, when they buy six thousand rounds on the internet. And the reason we don't sell surface-to-air missiles is because it would be dangerous. It would be stupid. It would allow you to kill a whole bunch of people in a short order. Same thing with right. anthrax. Same thing with nuclear weapons. Right. And those are the things that we can talk about. Because uh, if if uh, this creep in Colorado wasn't able to buy a hundred round clip, he wouldn't have been able to shoot as seventy people. If Gerald Loeffner wasn't able to buy a high capacity clip, he wouldn't have been able to shoot as many people as he did in Tucson. So I'm talking about reasonable, common sense discussion, and we're not even allowed to have that debate in our U.S. Congress, George. One last thing. Yeah. One last thing, uh, Brad. Is it? You know, I'm, I I don't own a gun, yeah. but I but I have an NRA cap and I have an NRA, uh, NRA sticker and. You you cannot believe whenever I go to court, I, I mean, whenever I go to court because I because of a, mm-hmm. a family case or whatever, when I put that NRA cap, a lot of the, the cops are a lot more politer to me. I swear to you. Yeah, well, the, the cops would like to the cops would like to see some uh, some gun control. But thanks, George. Absolutely. I do appreciate I do All appreciate right. you calling and your Have input. Day, you bet. Uh, let's go to uh, Guy in Lancaster. Hey, Guy, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Hey, first of all, let me say that I'm no right-winger. In fact, I'm a uh, Marxist. Okay. All right? Fine. I'd like to say that in 1959, there were exactly two federal gun laws. Mm-hmm. Right? There were virtually no gun violence in the 50s, right? If you now say so. About, so there, well, the growth we speaking, there was absolutely no gun violence. Uh, were, were you able to buy uh, – were Americans able to go on the Internet and in about two minutes buy a 100-round uh, magazine for an automatic rifle in 1950? No, but they weren't. There was no internet, Brad. 
Uh-huh. And so uh, how, how, how difficult was it to get a 100-round uh, uh, clip that you could uh, shoot 60 Americans in 60 seconds? Well, there, there, there were no restrictions in the, in the 50s. No. The only restrictions there were were on um, automatic weapons mm-hmm. and fire shots. Now, and now there are now about 200 federal gun laws, mm-hmm. right, with all kinds of, of, of uh, uh, gun crime, right? Uh, if you and say then, so. Well, okay. Well, there are. Okay. Now, let's take the fact that in in, in Switzerland, uh-huh. every home has an automatic weapon in it. Every home. Okay, if you say so. so uh, all right. Why is this? Because, you know why, Brad? Why is because that? Because it's an equitable society. Okay. The thing we do, what we need to do, is create equitable society. Listen, and society. you know what, guy? I, I, I don't, uh, I, you know, I don't know about your your Swedish example if it's true or not. But I, I think what the point you're tr- the point you're trying to make is a perfectly legitimate one. And if that's the case, and if it has nothing to do with the guns at all, then fine. My problem is we are not even allowed to have that debate in in Congress. And you know what? Let me give uh, let me give credit to uh, someone here, uh, a fellow by the name of Alan Corwin. He was referred to us by this crazy uh, Russell Pierce in Arizona, the state senator who created the Papers Please laws and was uh, run out of co- uh, out of the uh, state senate. He referred us to Alan Corwin of GunLaws.com, and uh, Alan was more than willing to come on the show to debate gun laws. I- I'm not interested right now in debating gun laws. I'm interested in debating why we can't debate gun laws in this country, in this Congress. That's the problem that I have. And, you know, I don't even necessarily have a a position on these issues. It's the fact that we can't even have the debate, that the NRA has these people so frickin' scared for their lives that they're not even allowed to have the debate, uh, the debate in the U.S. Congress, and the NRA is allowed to lie at will, to lie to you know avoid the well-regulated part of the Second Amendment, to run around and tell people that there's a U.N. treaty that's going to be signed that's going to take away your guns, and uh, I just want to have a legitimate debate. Anyway, let me, I got a bunch of callers I want to get to. Uh, I, I appreciate your call, my friend. All right, let me get to. Uh, uh, Susan in uh, Los Angeles. Susan, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Um, I'm not surprised that those people did not come on your show because it would be like if Obama went on Fox to talk to Bill O'Reilly, hey, he, they would just get attacked. Um, you've already made up your mind. You're very emotional. Why would somebody with an opposing view try to come on when you just can't? Basically, calling them killers. Uh, uh, Susan, have you listened to this show before? Um, no, I'm listening today. Yeah. I don't okay. know if you're always like this. Yeah, well, uh, if you listen to this show, as I mentioned, last week we had on Jack Abramoff. Do you know who Jack Abramoff is? Yes. Okay. Jack was on for a half an hour. We had a great discussion. I held his feet to the fire. I was fair uh, in every regard. You're as not being fair today. I- I'm not? Okay. You, know, you keep cutting people off and you keep repeating the same thing. Why can we go on the internet and buy six thousand pounds? And you keep interrupting people and Really? It's, it's I yeah. I mean I wouldn't okay. come on either if I had an opposing view. Well so you don't have an opposing view? Are you gonna call me a killer? <laughs> You're on the air, Susan. If you have an opposing view, I've opened up the public airwaves to you. If you'd like to express your opinion, you may do so, just like the previous two callers who know I didn't cut off, who were, uh, you know, who were able to say their piece. So if you yeah, have something... Basically, this is, this is how I feel. It. Everybody goes nuts 
when something horrendous happens, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're willing to give up everything that everybody's fought for for hundreds of years in this country, like the Patriot Act, for example. Mm -hmm. And I'm not willing to give up my liberties or, or disrespect everybody that's gone to war to fight for them, not that I believe in war, but... I'm not willing to give that up over one attorney. Who's asking you to give up your rights at all? Um, that's basically where it would go. Okay. Do you realize for 10 years uh, we had limits on high-capacity uh, uh, magazines? Yeah, Clinton did that. Clinton Clinton, did that's that. right. Clinton did that after uh, Ronald Reagan's press secretary was killed. It was in place until 2004. Uh, were your rights taken away during that period, Susan? Well, I don't use that type of thing, but okay. what I'm I'm saying is the okay. yeah they were they were you're right okay fair thing. enough all right I'm I'm glad to know that your uh, you know rights to shoot sixty people in uh, sixty See, there seconds you go. well that's there what you it go. is that's there that. you go your right to be a murderer you jump to that. I, I, I said your right to shoot 60 people in 60 See, seconds was taken away. You like, you're for gun rights, therefore you're a killer, you're a murderer, you don't care about Americans. Thanks for your call, that's Susan. Right. I, that's where you go. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks uh, for your call and thanks for saying your piece. Uh, you're listening to uh, the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. Uh, let me get to one more caller and then we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and come back for more calls uh, some uh, some some news, some election news. Speaking of taking away rights to uh, only about uh, uh, all, nearly a million people in the state of Pennsylvania to vote, we'll come back uh, back with that. But let me uh, let me get another quick call. Uh, Fred from Orange County, welcome, sir, to the broadcast. Uh, hi, Brad. Uh, thanks for your program. I just wanted to let you know that we must not just look at American life, but what our government has been doing. Mm -hmm. We live in a violent culture, and all the wars that the uh, U.S. government, especially, you know, I thought you were talking about the APEC uh, lobby when you started out the program, because, you know, they, they were, it's the only foreign lobby, you know, representing Israel that the U.S. has, uh, that has dictated our foreign policy. Mm -hmm. So all these wars were, in the last 30 years, so the victims are, seem to be Muslim or Arab. Let's, let's uh, stay on point, if you don't mind, Jay, because i got to get to a break. So you, your point about uh, the NRA and being able to uh, debate uh, the gun laws in this country. Well, that, that we cannot miss the point that we live in a society that is a reflection of what our government does to other people. We have to look at other lives as being as valuable as American life, not just the, the life here. We, we take so many millions of lives, not just in Vietnam, right. but what we've done everywhere else. Right, so we, we do, and we, and we do it, and we do it here, and we do it here on a regular basis. Yeah, and we have, to, we have to protest what we do to other people around right. the world, not just here. And, that, right. and, and this is a reflection, the violence that we see here. This is for Dr. King. I hear you, Fred. I got to I got to get to a break, and you I hear that, I, I hear you. I, they only give me an hour a week, so there's only so many things I can look at uh, each week.
is Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast right here uh, near the gates of hell on KPFK. We're going to take a quick break, come back with more of your phone calls at 818-985-5735. You'll notice that I've tried to uh, push the folks who uh, disagree with me up to the top of the list because I believe in freedom of speech as I believe in the Second Amendment as well. Some uh, voter suppression news coming up in a bit. Desi Doyen with the Green News Report. This is the Bradcast. Stay with us. The Topanga Film Festival, running July 26th through July 29th, features a unique roster of socially conscious films in the heart of beautiful Topanga. Opening night kicks off with One Day on Earth, an epic time capsule created from footage collected by amateur videographers from around the world on a single day. Friday Evening Fair celebrates 100 years of dance, while Saturday's Day of Friendship and Community highlights a United Nations showcase of short films along with The Welcome, about a healing retreat for veterans suffering from PTS and their families. Sunday's Sea and Sensibility docs include Mines in the Water, about a professional surfer's quest to protect dolphins and whales. And closing night is Accidental Icon, the real-life Gidget. A full roster of events is available at kpfk.org. KPFK is a proud media sponsor, and a limited number of day passes have been offered to KPFK Film Club members who are invited to call the front desk at 818-985-2711-0 for operator. And if you aren't already a Film Club member, consider joining at kpfk.org. Tell us, color me dubious, especially in the state of Pennsylvania. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. By the way, you can tweet me if you like. You can follow me at the Bradblog on the Twitters. You can send me all the nasty messages you'd like. I'd love to hear from you. We'll get back to some of your calls on this uh, NRA issue. I should say on this terrorist-enabling NRA issue. But it's ironic that uh, some of the folks who want to take away, uh, who are claiming uh, that uh, people like me want to take away your rights, are the very same people who are out there taking uh, taking away our very most basic rights. And I want to make sure to get this uh, to get this on. We'll, We'll cover this quickly today. Uh, and get back to your calls. But I, I, I want to make sure that you hear this. Because uh, today in Pennsylvania, um, a, a trial uh, began over the uh, Pennsylvania Republicans polling place photo ID restrictions. We've talked about that many times on this show at bradblog.com, of course, uh, as we fight to make sure that everyone who wants to vote, every legal voter who wants to vote, is in fact allowed to vote 
and that their vote is counted and counted accurately and transparently so that we know it's been counted accurately. Well, a trial is underway right now. Uh, the American Civil Liberties is uh, suing on behalf of Vivian Applewhite, who is 93 years old. She's the lead plaintiff in this uh, lawsuit, along with about nine others. Um, Vivian Applewhite, uh, as I say, she's 93 years old. She's a great-great-grandmother. She marched with Martin Luther King Jr. Applewhite worked as a hotel housekeeper, never had a driver's license. Four years ago, her purse was stolen, and she lost her Social Security card. Because she was adopted and married twice, she cannot obtain the documents needed to comply with the state's voter ID law, according to uh, Ari Berman at The Nation. I should say that's not the state's voter ID law. That's the state's polling place photo ID restriction law. So after voting in every election for the past 50 years, Viviette Applewhite will lose her right to vote this November if this new horrible disenfranchising photo ID restriction is not overturned. Vivian Applewhite will lose that right uh, along with some 750,000 voters in the Keystone State, in Pennsylvania. That's more voters than uh, Barack Obama won the state by in 2008. Another plaintiff in this case is Wilola Lee, a 59-year-old African-American widow from uh, Philadelphia. She can't obtain photo identification required by the law. Uh, because Georgia officials told her they have no record of her birth, according to the court papers. Those are just some of the uh, the plaintiffs in this case. And, of course, Republicans have been arguing that this is uh, that these laws are needed, that though it is a right to vote, uh, you only get that right if you happen to have a state-issued photo ID. Somehow it's okay to take away your right if you don't, despite the fact that 750,000 in Pennsylvania alone don't have the ID that would be required to vote. Well, we learned yesterday from Talking Point's memo that uh, on the eve of this trial that started today over this law, challenging this law, that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has entered into a stipulation uh, with, the, uh, with the petitioners in this case, stipulating that, guess what? There is no known voter fraud at the polling place in Pennsylvania. In other words, there is no in-person voter fraud, the only type of uh, voter fraud that could be stopped by these laws. Here's the uh, key points from this one-page, six-point stipulation. This is agreed to. Petitioners and respondents by and through their undersigned counsel hereby stipulate the following. There have been no investigations or prosecutions of in-person voter fraud in Pennsylvania, and the parties do not have direct personal knowledge of any such investigations or prosecutions in any other state. The parties are not aware of any incidents of in-person voter fraud in Pennsylvania and do not have direct personal knowledge of in-person voter fraud elsewhere. Respondents will not offer any evidence in this action that in-person voter fraud has in fact occurred in Pennsylvania or elsewhere. Respondents will not offer evidence of or argument that in-person voter fraud is likely to occur in November 2012 in the absence of the photo ID law. In other words, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is admitting that this lie is complete, that this uh, law, <laughs> I was closer with lie, this law is complete and utter nonsense. That it is not meant to stop voter fraud 
this November, it is meant only to stop voters. And they've admitted it. Game over, as far as I'm concerned, in Pennsylvania. 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. Let's get back to some of your calls. You can call in on uh, on Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, where um, we have a new report. Where is it here? A whopping 43% of Philadelphia voters may not have the voter ID needed to vote under the new law. 43% of voters, legal voters in the largest city in the state of Pennsylvania, may not be able to vote this November, and yet the people who passed that law can cite not a single incident of in-person voter fraud that would have been stopped by that law. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to a June in Paramount. Hey, June, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. I want you to know this is the first time I listened to your show. I found it accidentally. And thank God, you are the only person other than myself who remembers the Second Amendment starts off with a well-regulated militia. Yeah, the... the <laughs> oh, please. I can't believe all the guys who get on television, uh-huh. nobody ever says, by the way, a well-regulated militia. Right. No, they they completely forget the well-regulated part. It's as if it didn't exist. It's like, you're challenging our right to bear arms, the Second Amendment. No, we want to talk about the entire Second Amendment, including the well-regulated part. June, I really appreciate your call. i got a ton of folks I want to try to get to as many as I can here. Uh, appreciate your call. I'm glad you found us. Uh, stay with us. All right, June? Okay, I will. Bless you. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, there we go. Uh, Ed in Los Angeles. He disagrees with me. Welcome to the broadcast, Ed. Very quickly, because I only have a few more minutes. i got to get to the Green News Report. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, how are you doing today? I'm okay. Okay. i got one little beef with that right there. I mean, it's a tragedy when it happens, you know, but imagine how long the war would have been if we would have had some, like, half of that casualties on a daily basis, like other people out there are going through it. And now, my next thing... Wait, wait what? The, how long the war would have been? What are you talking about, Ed? Well, I'm saying, I mean, we have the war in Iraq right now with all these casualties on a daily basis. Right. Now, the war wouldn't have lasted not even months. I mean, if we would have, you know, the American people would have been exposed to that. One tragedy, and oh my goodness, is so horrible, we got to take everybody's stuff away, some people would say. Uh, well, I don't agree with that. Okay, Ed, yeah. I, I th- uh, quickly make your point. Okay, well, my next example is all these weapons going to Mexico, right, from here. Now, wh- um, when are you going to touch the topic to that, all the mass murderers and deceased people that are dead you're talking right about, now? You're right talking about, you're talking about fast... These controls here. You're talking about the gun-walking program, uh, the Fast and Furious thing? All that. Look yeah. at the tragedies okay. out there. Okay, and I got uh, no. You're right. We talk about that. Let me uh, let me go to the next caller. I'll speak to this uh, off air. Uh, yeah, there are about uh, fifty thousand people uh, dying in Mexico thanks to the drug war that uh, we continue to take part in. Uh, as far as the guns walking to Mexico, uh, that was a program started by George W. Bush. It was continued under uh, in the Barack Obama administration. Uh, it is a, uh, a phony scandal run by Daryl Issa, frankly. Uh, it's stuff and nonsense, and these are people who have wanted to make it as easy as possible for anybody to buy guns and, yes, take them back to Mexico all of a sudden. 
uh, they're upset that there was this uh, stupid gun running program, gun walking program going on. Uh, I think they protest too much. All right, uh, let me get to uh, one, one or two more callers here. Uh, our, our friend Ernie is that Ernie? Uh, Ernie Canning from the Brad How Blog. Doing, Brad? Hey, Ernie. Uh, Ernie Canning. Ernest Canning. He's our uh, legal analyst at BradBlog.com. Didn't know you were going to call, and uh, and I can only even give you about a minute. What's on your mind, brother? I appreciate it. Listen, I, I you know I've got I'm working on something on on the Supreme Court's decision on the Second Amendment, so uh-huh. I won't get into that. But I wanted to throw some stats out real quick. Quick. Um, 2009, more than 14 million guns were sold. That's enough to supply 21 of the world's standing armies. Um, uh, the, the guns are, are costing, according to Bill Moyers, uh, we're talking $100 billion a year in, in violence-related firearms deaths in the United States. Um, Britain is not exactly a dictatorship. They regulate firearms tightly. Uh, we, uh, they're over... Uh, 40 times as many people per capita killed in the United States by firearms than in the U.K. And uh, according to Michael Moore, who article, uh, 80% of all gun deaths in the, it are, uh, in the 23 richest countries are, uh, uh, the United States is responsible for over 80% of all gun deaths in the 23 richest uh, countries combined. A- NRA proud baby. Thanks for those. Yeah, thanks for those stats, Ernie. And by the way, uh, please uh, check out the report that uh, Ernie and I, special investigative report that we just filed today, concerning the uh, phony failed uh, voter purge in the state of Florida. We'll probably cover that in an upcoming show. But I can point you over to Bradblog.com to uh, to check out that report and Ernie's good work on that. Thanks for checking in, Ernie. Always good to hear from you, my friend. You got it. All right. Let me uh, get to uh, one more call. Sarah in uh, Santa Monica. Welcome to the broadcast, Sarah. Yes. Hi, Brad. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, uh, you know, address your previous callers. Why is it not okay to have a national conversation about gun control, that it's okay to uh, have a national discourse on women's reproductive organs? <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, there sure is a lot of talk about uh, women's reproductive rights in the halls of, uh, unless you say the word vagina, in which case that exactly. is, that's certainly uh, <laughs> verboten. But other than that, we could talk about uh, ultrasounds, forced ultrasounds, big government forcing ultrasounds and everything else. We just can't talk about whether we would like to well-regulate our right to bear arms. Thanks, Sarah. I, I, I appreciate the call. Let me get one more in. I, I think I can fit in uh, Steve in. Uh, L.A. Uh, hey, Steve, can you make it quick? Welcome to KPFK. Yes, my name is Steve, and I live in Los Angeles, and uh, I, for one, have witnessed gun violence, and uh, it makes me nervous, and uh, uh, I feel helpless. And uh, I think uh, all the gun laws are just victim disarmament. They're, they're what? They're, they're what? Victim disarmament. Victim disarmament. Gun laws are, are a way to take away guns from victims. Is that what you're suggesting? Correct. We should, yeah. we should be held with personal responsibility and be able to actually fight back when something like this happens. So if we, we said, Steve, so, Steve, if we said, for example, that uh, uh, instead of uh, 100 round magazines, uh, high capacity magazines, that we could only have, let's say, 90 rounds, that would be uh, uh, blaming the victims, right? No, I'm not blaming the victims. I'm saying that, that we should be allowed to protect ourselves. That would be disarming the victims. Yeah, this, okay. This is a perfect example right. of, of right. we cannot count on the police to protect us all the time. Okay. So we need to protect ourselves and be held responsible for ourselves and be allowed to protect
protect ourselves. Thank you for using your public airwaves to make that point, to uh, take part in this debate, the debate that the NRA doesn't want you to have. It's not easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. Yeah, you know what that means. That means Desi Doyd is here to cheer us up with our Green News Report at the back of the hour. Uh, hey, Des. <laughs> yeah, cheering you cheer up with up. some Green News. Because nothing is more cheery than the Green News Report. Of course, Desi is uh, my co-host and the managing editor of the Green News Report. She's the producer here of the broadcast. And uh, because uh, we all nattered on and on about the thing the NRA won't let us uh, talk about in the halls of Congress, I think we got to get right to the Green News Report. Yes. All right. Bring it, G. The rain began on Saturday afternoon and just kept coming. Deadly floods in China, drought in Europe. Food prices rise as extreme weather hammers the northern hemisphere. A two-degree rise would already put an unimaginably immense strain on our ecosystem. Germany warns time is running out to reduce emissions. It was not until this past year that we finally set a national standard in this country to deal with mercury. EPA to pull back on new mercury standards? Plus, you're not going to cram something down my throat that I don't want. Mutant mosquitoes in Florida, pushing back against the Frankenskeeter. All of that and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Environment. <laughs> Why do we need it? Great question, Stephen, and one we won't be answering on this edition of your Green News Report. Okay, Des, the historic extreme weather keeps on coming all over the planet yes, this week. Yes, it's not yet as bad as last year. 2011 was a record year for billion-dollar weather disasters, but this year is hanging in. And we're only half over. Yes, in China over the weekend, the heaviest rains in 60 years caused flooding that has killed nearly 100 people with tens of thousands evacuated. <laughs> Tourists were caught up in China's deadly floods. Flash floods in the northern city of Baoding washed away the only access bridge. The Chinese capital, Beijing, has been hit by its heaviest rains in more than 60 years. 37 people were killed in flooded Beijing alone, where the storm dumped six months of rain in less than a day, overwhelming the city's flood control infrastructure. But it's the worst by far in Bangladesh, where the unrelenting monsoon season has caused widespread record flooding in that low-lying country, displacing an estimated 20 million people. The extreme weather is hammering crops around the world. While the U.S. media has focused on record-breaking heat waves and drought in the U.S., severely impacting U.S. crops, drought and heat are also damaging crops in major grain-producing regions in South America and Southern Europe. Soybean and corn commodities are now at all-time record highs. Climate scientists have warned for decades that higher global emissions leading to higher global temperatures would lead to an increasing trend in extreme and intense weather events. At an interim U.N. climate treaty negotiation in Berlin last week, German Chancellor Angela Merkel warned that nations need to work quickly to reach global emissions targets to keep global temperatures from rising above 2 degrees Celsius. 
The two degrees Celsius limit is definitely not too ambitious. A two degree rise would already put an unimaginably immense strain on our ecosystem. We know that the voluntary measures that we have in place right now will not be enough. So German Chancellor Angela Merkel, no climate change denier she. No, definitely not. Meanwhile, back here in the U.S., Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Lisa Jackson was on the Colbert Report last week, understandably proud of the landmark mercury pollution standards for new coal-fired power plants that the Obama administration was finally able to pass. We aren't done. It was not until this past year that we finally set a national standard in this country to deal with mercury. Why should I worry about mercury? Mercury is a neurotoxin. It is toxic to the brain. But that was then. This is now. The next day after her appearance, the EPA announced it will review those historic new standards for mercury, soot, and other emissions for new power plants after hearing from industrial polluters and the electric utility industry, which are strongly opposed to the new rules, saying they are too costly and difficult to implement. Wait a minute. These rules were called for by the Congress how many years ago? Back in 1990. And now they are finally uh, brought forward by the EPA, and, and now the industry is complaining about them? Oh, yes. They've been complaining the entire way. Now they want to weaken the ones that were finalized. Knock me over with a mercury-filled feather. Finally. I, for one, don't care about your scientific crap. Mutants in Florida. Mutant mosquitoes, that is. Residents in the Florida Keys are very upset over a controversial proposal from a British company to release genetically modified mosquitoes into the wild to prevent the spread of potentially deadly dengue fever. Oh man, this sounds like the beginning of a terrible or really good horror movie. The plan, now awaiting FDA approval, would release modified male mosquitoes that are sterile into the wild <laughs> to reduce the population of the one specific species of mosquito in the U.S. that carries dengue fever. The company says they pose no harm to humans. Critics warn of unintended consequences. Tom Clark, science editor of Britain's Channel 4, notes it also marks a new era in science. It would set an important global precedent, one that could pave the way for new insects engineered against diseases like malaria. Oh, man, what could possibly go wrong? For more on that story and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. You can also download our reports anytime via iTunes, listen to us on your mobile device via Stitcher, and follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Well done, Des. Thanks. We'll have more on the Greenland ice melt tomorrow. Coming up. All right. We got to get out because we're running late. My thanks to uh, producer Desi Doyen, associate producer Margo Paez, soundboard operator G, uh, and no thanks, of course, to the NRA. You can uh, find me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog. You can find our show on the Stitcher Radio app now, and of course in the archives at kpfk.org. We'll be back same time, same Brad time. Same Brad channel next Wednesday. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman, and I'll see you at bradblog.com. <laughs>